Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed, for I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. That's what God said in Habakkuk 1.5. The message for today's sermon was going to be Believe for Life. I probably should have titled it Believe and Act Like It. I'm going to be reading today from John chapter 11. I'm going to be reading the entire chapter, so I'm sorry if this takes a few minutes, but try to soak it in. Um, It's such a beautiful thing to spend time in God's Word. The death of Lazarus. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it's for God's glory that God's son may have been glorified through it. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. It's when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews tried to stone you and yet you are going back there? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? A man who walks by day will not stumble, for he sees by the world's light. It is when he walks by night that he stumbles, for he has no light. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Then Thomas, called Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go, that we may die with him. On their arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus was already in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was come into the world. And after she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him? But some of them said, 
Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called on a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen, a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Most of the book of John can be summed up in chapter 20, verse 31. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ and that by believing you may have life in his name. So what are we seeing here in this chapter? We're seeing Jesus on his march toward Jerusalem where he knows that he's going to have to be crucified for the sins of the world from the beginning of time through the end of time. Before he gets to Jerusalem, he receives word when he's outside Bethany about his friend Lazarus, who we've seen earlier in in other Gospels, that he's very, very sick. All the people surrounding Jesus at this point in his life um, are his disciples and his followers, and they know what he's capable of. They've seen the miracles that he's performed across Judea and Samaria. They know what he's capable of, and they trust that he is who he says he is. They believe. But there's four groups here throughout this section that have a little bit of a problem with what's happening. Um, First is John, the writer of the text. He makes a point to mention that when Jesus had received notice about Lazarus, who he loved, that he was sick, he languished where he was for two more days. That he didn't get up and go, that he didn't make haste to Lazarus' side, that he didn't save him like he'd saved others who were sick, that he didn't perform a miraculous healing, that he didn't make it a priority. And that confuses John, because John has seen who Jesus is. John knows how important Lazarus is to him. Second person we see is Martha, and we've seen Martha before, right? She's one of Jesus' followers and disciples. Jesus has spent time in her house before. And Martha kneels at the feet of Jesus and says, Lord, if you had been here, you could have saved my brother. Why did you let this happen? Even though I trust who you are, that I, I believe that you are the Christ, I don't understand Why did this happen? Where were you? Similarly, Mary, who we're going to see later, has such a firm belief in who Jesus is that she's willing to pour out an entire year's worth of income just to anoint him in Bethany. And she says the same thing. This Mary who's gained so much following Jesus says, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would still be alive. And last, we see the crowd. The crowd that's there to mourn, the crowd that's made up of a collection of people from the community, from Jerusalem, they say, if this is the Jesus who can restore sight to the blind, then why wasn't he able to save Lazarus with a word? Save Lazarus from where he was. He didn't have to come here. And even if he had come here right away, maybe there still would have been time. 
They believe because they've seen, but they don't really believe. Where is their belief? Are they believing and acting like it? Jesus' response to all this is sorrow, is being moved in spirit. It says that Jesus is troubled. It says that Jesus weeps, maybe for Lazarus, but maybe for everybody else. He's deeply moved, it says, and not in a good way. We've seen from other, other gospels where Jesus, uh, most specifically where he um, encounters the centurion and he heals his servant with just a word. Jesus is moved in joy, in the faith of this man, in a positive way. And it's not what we're seeing here. Jesus' response to all that's happening in this chapter is to instill belief. I know that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. Lazarus, come out. And we see Jesus raise the dead. How do we believe today? How do you believe today? How do I believe today? Quick story. When I was a kid, like a lot of kids, uh, I had trouble getting on the school bus on time. So our house was about 100 yards off the road, and it was very important to my parents because they both worked that we get on the bus on time. And it came early, and it wasn't above my mother to come into our bedroom in the morning and shoot us in the face with a squirt bottle to get us out of bed because she had several children, and she just didn't have the time. So on one occasion, I missed the school bus, and my mother told me, she said, the next time you miss the school bus, I'm going to run down that outside, and I'm going to flag it down in my nightgown. I'm going to make sure it stops and picks you up. And I knew my mother. I'd lived with her for 10 or 11 or 12 years at that point. I knew that she didn't play games. But the very next day, I wasn't ready for the bus. And my mother ran 100 yards out to the road in her nightgown and slippers, waving down the school bus to make sure that it stopped so that I could get there on time. I was mortified. 30, 40, 50 of my, of my uh, friends and students Got to see Kathy Evans run down the driveway of 604 Garrison Road in her nightgown. I needed to see it to believe it, right? I knew who she was. I knew what she was capable of. I knew that she loved me, but I had to see it to believe it. Her telling me just wasn't enough, even though I knew it was true. Sometimes we believe without seeing. My grandfather, when he was 19 years old, was uh, in the South Pacific during World War II. And uh, one night, he, he didn't talk about it much, but one night he said that his commanding officer came to him and said, tonight we're going to raise you up in the bucket of a bulldozer, and we're going to put a machine gun up there with you, and you need to watch this perimeter tree line for the enemy because we expect that they're going to attack tonight. 19 years old, my grandfather gets in the bucket of this bulldozer, gets lifted up, he's up there with a machine gun, the sun goes down. He hears movement in the trees, so he fires. An hour later, he's just movement in the trees, so he fires again. Fires again, fires again. This goes on all night long. When the sun rose, there were 15 dead water buffalo <laughs> in the field out in front of him. 
But he believed what he'd been told. He believed that an attack was imminent. He believed that lives were in danger. He believed that it was mission essential that he do his job to the fullest. He didn't have to see it to believe it. He just believed it. He knew that it was a possibility, and he believed that it would happen. And that's the kind of belief that Jesus is talking about here. We're seeing John. We're seeing Martha. We're seeing Mary. We're seeing a crowd. We're seeing people that have been following Jesus for years, seeing him feed 5,000 people from from a couple loaves of bread and a few fish. We're seeing him give sight to the blind. We're seeing him heal the sick. We're seeing him walk on water. This is Jesus. This is the Son of God. Martha says, you are the Christ. You are the one promised. But this is too much. I can't believe right now. I can't believe without seeing. How do we apply that to our lives? Believe and act like it. There is so much happening in our world right now, and there always has been, but it seems like right now we're on overload with everything that's been going on here, in our country, across the world. The world is begging, begging for Jesus, and most of them can't see it. And it's our job It's the ones who know. It's the ones who know who Jesus is. It's the ones who's accepted the Christ to believe and act like it. And Jesus promises that if you believe, you will have life. You will have life. It's for God's glory, but it's for your life. It's a belief that transforms us. It's a belief that makes us into people that we never thought we could be. It's it's the belief that turns us into the person we were always supposed to be. To to have a relationship with the God that we were always supposed to have. Believe and act like it. Believe when you see. Believe when you don't see. Have abundant life. See the glory of God. Remember his miracles. Go out and be bold in a belief that Jesus isn't someone who lived 2,000 years ago, did nice things, wrote some stories, healed some people, went away, he's coming back. Believe and be bold and have life. You came near when I called you and you said, do not fear. You, Lord, took up my cause. You redeemed my life. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ and that by believing you may have life in his name. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful, Lord God. You've had a plan since the beginning of time. Lord God, we're grateful that your son Jesus told us how to live, showed us how to live, told us not to fear, told us to have life, told us to believe seven times in this chapter alone. Believe, believe, believe. Believe, 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 believe. Lord, help us. Everything is possible for him who believes. Help my unbelief, Lord God. Lord, thank you for this community. 
pray that as we go out today, Lord God, that we wouldn't hesitate to take that belief with us, Lord God, and act like it. Be bold for you, Lord God. Relish in your goodness and your grace. Thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for your son, Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.